0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, and welcome to part two of this series that we have entitled No Other Name. It's a series about the name of Jesus. Names are so important. I don't know if you realize how important names are because really when you start talking about names, A name will identify you in a crowd. If there's a crowd of people, if I were to call your name, that would catch your ear because that separates you from the crowd. Names are really important. It separates you from other individuals. I find it funny. I don't know about you, but I could be talking to a person and we could get into some good conversation and not even tell each other what our names are. I have found myself in conversations. Now, first, I always try to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Phil. You know, what is your name? But usually sometimes conversation will happen. And I find it a little awkward after we've gotten to some good conversation to come back and go, uh, by the way, uh, what was your name? <laughs> and and, and we, we have to identify who we are. And, and names are funny. You know, my cousin, when she was a teenager in high school, she, was na- named, uh, she dated a guy, and his name was Beef. That was his name. His name was Beef. And when they told me that she was dating a guy named Beef, I said, I wouldn't date a guy named Beef just for his name. Come on, somebody. And, and, but, but, oh, we got a hand clap on that. Wow, clap more for, for Beef than we do the name of Jesus. All right, that's all right. But she dated a guy named Beef. And I didn't understand this. I don't, I don't know if, you know, when he came to pick her up and, and he knocked on the door and my aunt would say, Jordan, Beef's here. If beef meant he was at the door or he, beef was for dinner, I don't know. But could you imagine that ceremony? Do you take beef? To, yeah, I, I just don't. What, what, what a name what what, what a what a, what a funny name, but you know names not only give a person identity but there 's pictures that are that are associated with people 's names there 's legacy that 's associated with people 's names today, if I were to say the name of Michael Jordan, many of us would think of the greatest, probably greatest basketball player who ever lived if I today were to say the name of Muhammad Ali there's legacy with that name there's that that is probably one of the greatest boxers who ever lived besides Rocky Balboa how many of you know what I'm talking about come on anybody see Creed that was pretty good I I like that I, I liked Creed but there's legacy that is associated with those names you know when a couple gets married what happens The woman takes on the name of the man. Why? Because it identifies their family, right? I didn't become Valerie. I became Phil Valdez. She became Valerie Valdez, and we became the Valdez family. And we are the funniest-looking Mexican family you will ever see because we are all white. And people look at us and go, what is your last name? It's Valdez. Uh, Is that Mr. Valdez? No, it's not Mr. Valdez. It's Mr. Valdez. Because I used to say it like that, hi, my name's Phil Valdez. And my dad said, you don't say Valdez, son. You are a Mexican, not a Mexicant, a Mexicant, and you say Valdez. <laughs> yes, sir. We are the whitest Mexican family you will ever see. And yes, we are a Valdez. That separates us, Right. It separates us and our family name. But my wife took on my name. But what about the name of Jesus? That carries some incredible weight. Some incredible, wait, that name. The Bible has so many verses about God's name. The Bible talks about in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. I love this scripture. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. If you're going to run anywhere, run to the name of Jesus, because it's a strong tower. Man, the righteous run it. And then John chapter 14, verse 13 says, And whatsoever you ask in, what does it say? My name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So not only is this name a strong tower, this name actually gives you access to the Father. I love that. And he says, If you will use my name in your prayer, you will have access. To the Father. And he says, ask what you will in my name. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about being a consumer. uh, Being a consumer of the name of Jesus. And being a carrier of the name of Jesus. Last week I talked about this name. No other name. We're going to look at our theme scripture here. You can turn to Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Last week I walked you through the Bible. And I showed you portraits of Jesus's name even through Genesis even through Exodus but it was awesome if you missed it you need to go to our website and and invest in yourself and download um, it's called uh, no other name part one and it's what's in the name it was it was just fantastic Fabulous! I'm just telling you, you got a lot of, uh, of compliments on the message. But today, I want to talk about being a recipient of the name of Jesus, being a consumer of the name of Jesus. But not only that, but being a carrier of the name. Now, let me ask you a question: How many of you in this room would say that you know that you know that you know that you are a Christian? Let me see your hand. If you know that you know that you know. Awesome that you are a Christian. You know the word Christian. I like to say it like this: Christ in Christian, Christ in me. Do you know that that name wasn't the disciples giving themselves that name? That name Christian was actually given by onlookers to the disciples in Acts chapter twelve. In Acts chapter eleven, verse twenty-six, it talks about got guy, some guys named. Uh, Barnabas and a guy named Saul who would later become Paul and it says when he found him when he found Saul he brought him to Antioch so it was there for a whole year that they assembled with the church come on everybody say the church Come on, the disciples went to church. Can you say a good amen? When Jesus was on the planet in flesh, he went to church. I always am so concerned when I hear people talking about church isn't important. I heard somebody say the other day, well, you know what, I read my Bible, and I know, and I don't need to go to church. Well, if you know, then you would go to church because the Bible is filled with the church coming together. We are the called out ones. And let me say this because it's true. You need to come together. You need to get out of your little pajamas. Come on somebody. During the week and you need to put on some deodorant, take a shower and you need to gather together. And today was a rally cry, man. Today worship was fabulous, wasn't it? Come on, let's give our worship team a good round of applause. They did great today. I thought I was at a paid concert. I was like, "Wow, we get all this for free?" Wow, We need to gather together. Now look, they were gathering together for a whole year. They assembled together, the church, and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And so the people that were watching this crowd, this church getting together, they defined these disciples as Christ Christ in them. They looked and they said, "Oh. They're, they're acting like Jesus Christ. And so for you and I, we carry and bear the name of Jesus. You are a Christ. Christ is inside of you. I Listen. I've studied the word of God, and let me help some people this morning. There are some things in this word you will never understand. You just have to take it by faith. I do not understand how a great God in his majesty and glory would want to reside right here in me. I don't get it. It must be his amazing, unconditional love. If he could reside anywhere, and then he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a God. What God says that? I want to reside inside of you. I want to be his name, Emmanuel, God with you. Who says that? That's the God that we serve. That's why there's no other name. But you know what? That name comes with such a responsibility. Can I ask you a question today? Do you wear his name well? Do you wear his name well? You know, God's not looking for our perfection. God is looking that we go in the right direction. But you need to know today at Passion Life Church as a Christian, it's Christ inside of us, that we bear his name. We bear his name when we're on the 15 South and the 15 North. We bear his name when we're cutting in front of people on Winchester. Come on, somebody. And if you got that Passion Life bumper sticker on your window, you better know, not only do you bear his name, you bear our church's name. So watch how you drive. Right? We bear his name. What, what a responsibility. I bear the name of Jesus to my son, my five-year-old son, to my family. What kind of example is that? And so when we talk about Jesus, the name above every name, we know that he is the son of God. That, that is his identity. But ladies and gentlemen, there's so much more. Have you found Philippians chapter 2 verse 9? If you haven't find it, just give up. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. This is our theme scripture for this series. It says, therefore, God also exalted him. Who is him? Tim? Come on, say it loud. Who is he? Jesus, therefore God also exalted him and given him the name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow to those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God The Father. Now let me state the obvious here. I went through last week from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus' name. It was it was amazing. And he is the name above every name. But let me be Captain Obvious here today and say this if his name is above every name, that means that every other name is beneath his name. I want you to think about this, because it's important about what we're going to talk about today, because if his name, which is the truth, is indeed above every name that means that every other name comes underneath that name every other name sickness is not above the name of Jesus but sometimes we exalt sickness above the name of Jesus by what we say by what we think and you would think that people talk about sickness more than they talk about this name And when you talk about more about your sickness and you talk about more about your condition, you are exalting that sickness above the name. But I came to tell you that name is beneath the name above every name. Death is beneath that name. Hell is beneath that name. The devil is beneath that name. Stress is beneath that name. Why? Because that name of Jesus carries all authority and all power, all authority and all power. And we need to understand something today. Not only does Jesus have all authority and all power, he gives that authority to his children, the Christians. You and I have been given the authority. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. You can turn or you can scroll. How many of you know any phone that has a Bible on it is a smartphone? Come on, somebody. Matthew chapter 28. All authority has been given to Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. What is authority? Authority is delegated power. Delegated power. And so since authority is delegated power, its value depends upon the force that's behind the user. Now, if you've been to come into church here any uh, period of time, you know that one of my favorite shows of all time, it is a classic, is the show Cops. I love the show Cops. You see the funniest people on Cops. I saw one guy running in running shorts and cowboy boots trying to run from the cops. Come on, somebody. Right? And here's what people don't understand. And, and I watch this and I'm like, you don't get this. But they think that running from one cop, listen, this police officer has the whole authority of the state. The state has delegated to this police officer. He has authority. Now, here's one of the things he has authority to do. He has authority to call backup. Come on, somebody. He has authority to call helicopters. Come on, I see him in Wildemar all the time. We call it Wild Omar. Come on. I don't know where Omar is, but he's wild. And those helicopters are looking for him all the time in Wildemar, right? So we see him and we hide because we don't know what's going on. And that one police officer has the delegated authority to arrest you, to let you go, to put you in jail. But it's just a man in a uniform. But it's what he represents that the state has delegated to him the authority. They think that running one police officer, running away from one police officer, that they're going to be okay. But what you don't know is they're going to call all of the forces behind them to get you. And because we need to understand that authority is delegated power. Now, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus is talking. And listen to what he says. And Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, some authority. Is that what he says? No, come on, look at the screen. What does he say? Some, what does he say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And now watch. Here's the delegated authority to you and I as a Christian. Verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's what we're going to do today. Listen. Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. And Jesus is saying to us today, Passion Life Church, I have all authority. And because you are my child, I have delegated that authority to you. Now... How has he delegated that authority to you? He gave you access to his name. Now that may not mean a lot to you, but what you need to know, what we understand from last week, you cannot separate God and his name. This is why you can talk at work about God. People will talk about gods, but when you specify the name of Jesus, people will walk away from that conversation because all of his power, all of his authority has a name and his name is Jesus. And he gave that name to you, to use. Because now, this is what I love about God. He's not just going, I got all the power. I got the power. I got, right? You don't have none. I got the power. That's not what he does, right? He says, I got the power. And now you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give it to you. And I'm gonna delegate it to you. Now you go and you baptize people. You make disciples. Come on, you be the Christian in the world. You be my representative. And you know what he gives to us? He gives us his name. You cannot separate who God is from his name. When I say the name of Jesus, it carries all power and all authority. Come on, if you believe it, say yes this morning. You know, all he had to do is give you his name. All he had to do was give you his name. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, for whosoever will call on the name, the name, the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's like Paul was saying this, look, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul's saying, come on, make a demand on his name. When was the last time you made a demand on the name of Jesus? When was the last time you really had some faith and said, I'm going to demand, in Jesus' name, my finances need to get better. In Jesus' name, body, you are healed. Make a demand on that name. And then Luke chapter 10, verse 17. It says, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your what? In your name. They were excited because all they were doing was having faith in this name. And then in this name, demons would tremble because they took God at his word. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues and we went through that in our series the voice and i want to encourage you go to our website it's free i was listening to this the other day under the voice i think it's part 5 a new language we talked about what it means to speak in tongues what it means for your spirit to pray but you know what all of that comes from accessing the name of jesus this is what i love about the disciples the disciples were crazy when you think about these people leaving everything, their businesses for Jesus, Matthew leaving his, his, his uh, H&R Block business, tax collecting, right, to follow Jesus. I mean, you just, who, who does that? Who, these people were radically crazy people. They must have seen something in Jesus that they, just, they were willing to, I mean, just die for. And what I love about these disciples is they would hear things that we just read, these scriptures, and they would literally believe them. They literally believed that there would be no devil in hell that could have power over their life. They literally believed that there was no addiction that could come over the name of Jesus. And they took Jesus at what he said, and they just went and did it. That's why the Bible talks about having a childlike faith. Childlike faith, children believe easily. It's not a lot. You know, when I used to speak to youth for 20 years, I loved speaking to youth because they don't have all of these barriers that adults do. Adults have all of these mental barriers you have to push through just for them to believe. Well, this, that person, and what did that say? And this person, and well, you know, Aunt so and so, and blah, 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 and blah, 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 shush! Just believe. And so these disciples. The Bible talks about, we're going to read a story as we close today. We're going to read a story about these disciples, and you're going to see that they did miracles in the name of Jesus. But in Acts chapter 4, it talks about people looking on again and seeing the disciples. And Acts chapter 4, verse 13, talks about how they were just totally ordinary People. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, un- or, uh, uh, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, I looked up that word ordinary in the Greek because I wanted to see if I qualify for ordinary. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Don't want to stick out too much. Right? That's what we're all fighting. Are we all fighting to be ordinary? Are we all fighting to be average? Right? I just want my house. Just want my white picket fence. Want my wife. Want my kid. Want a good car. You want to be average, don't you? And we'll fight for average. Right? But you know what? God will use average people to do extraordinary things. So I looked up the word in the Greek. And you know what the word um, ordinary in the Greek means? The word ordinary in the Greek means this, ignoramus. It means idiot. Would you put that scripture back up there? One actually says, one translation actually says that he used, they looked on Peter and John and they thought they were idiots. That's the literal Greek, they thought they were ignorant, ordinary people. But this is what I love about Jesus. You can take an ignoramus and an idiot and under the name of Jesus, they become extraordinary people, supernatural people. That gives me hope because you know what? I was an idiot and sometimes I still, I won't talk about that. But this scripture tells me that under the name of Jesus, amazing miracles can happen. That's who these people were. And I say that today because sometimes we look in the Bible and we just go, you know, I could never be like that. Well, people looked at Peter and John and thought they were idiots. But yet, they knew something. These guys, although they were idiots, they were smart enough to spend some time with Jesus. And I want to say that before we go into this next story and how they use Jesus name. See, you don't have to have it all figured out. But today if you understand who you are in Christ, if you'll understand that you have access to that name, you can see things happen in your life that you will never see happen before under the name of Jesus. Let's look at this story in Acts chapter 3 verse 3. We're talking about Peter and John. Jesus had already ascended, the Holy Spirit had been poured out. Listen, are you glad you came to church on this rainy day? I'm excited this morning. Acts chapter 3, verse 3. Any idiots excited this morning? No, I'm just, I can't believe the pastor said idiot. I don't understand that. I know he says stuff like that all the time. That's why I like this church. It's different. But it's in the Bible. It was in there. It's in the real Greek. So does it If I say idiot in Greek, does that make it sound a little more smarter? I don't know. (laughs) Who sing Peter and John? So let me set up this story for you. Peter and John are going to the temple. They're going to the temple to pray. And there's a beggar there. It says, who sing Peter and John, this beggar, about to go to the temple, he asks for alms. So there's a beggar, and he's asking for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with Peter, uh, John, Peter said, look at us, we have or he said so he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them now let me just tell you that this beggar that had been sitting here had been lame for about 40 years he's never walked people used to carry him to this gate and then he sees Peter and John and he asks them for money would somebody say money please you didn't say please say money please So this is what he says. Then Peter said to him, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you, listen to these words, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle, his bones received strength. So he went leaping up, stood, and walked and enter into the, the temple with them walking leaping and praising God. How did he go into the temple? He went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. He was a man who was lame, but under the name of Jesus, he was walking, leaping, and praising God. So the first thing that we need to understand is that all of us need to be recipients of the name of Jesus. You know, I've preached this sermon and I've preached this text many times. And what I like to do, and I think that's what makes me effective when I preach, is I always try to put myself in these characters' lives. And today, you and I can represent three people. You and I today could represent this beggar. You and I were in a place where we could not walk In righteousness. We were lame in righteousness. All of us at some point in our life were sinners. We could not in our own power walk in righteousness. And I can only imagine what this was like for this beggar. He had to have people carry him to this gate, the gate called beautiful. I don't know if you know what it's like uh, to carry someone. I don't know, maybe for those of us that have kids know if you've ever been on a trip or you've been to Disneyland and you don't have a stroller and your son falls asleep, you got to carry him. You know, this last week, my son was attacked with the flu and um, he had a couple of high fevers, 104, 105 at times. And what happened was, I don't know if he got out of bed wrong or just because he wasn't using his legs, but he had a tremendous cramps in his calves. And so for two days, he couldn't walk. He wouldn't be able to walk. So I had to literally carry him from the top of our uh, apartment. We live on the second floor down the stairs into the truck, we went. go to the doctor, and then take him up the stairs to the doctor, then back down back to think I don't know if you know what it's like to carry someone. I don't know if you know what it's like to be carried. When you feel defenseless, when you feel like you cannot do anything for yourself, it is a tough feeling. But I will tell you, this guy who was lame, the good thing that he did was he had people drop him off at church. He had people take him to the gate beautiful. Now, this gate beautiful was literally about 75 feet tall. It was made of pure bronze. It was a beautiful gate. But can I just tell you that this gate was probably not beautiful for the beggar. Do you know that they dropped him off in front of the gate, but he never went through the gate. He went to the gate, but he never went Through the gate, and to sit down and watch people, watch movement, watch people's lives, watch people's lives have momentum, watch people's life go through the gate. Behind the gate was the singing, behind the gate was people in the presence of God at church, and they were praying and singing. Man, that's where everyone was, but he never made it through the gate, he just made it to the gate. And so, you know what? All of us, I think. Can identify with this beggar because I think there's all, there's times in our lives where we know we need a breakthrough, but we're not going to the breakthrough, we're just going to the two let me give you an example i know that there's people that they need a breakthrough in their marriage but it seems like what they say is just you know what it seems like my marriage is going to be stuck again and so they're going to be stuck but they never go through to the actual Breakthrough. It seems like there's people who have financial problems, and it says they they say, you know what? I think it's like I'm going to be in the same place financially that I've always been. And it's like they're gonna go to the same place, but they never go through. And so what we need in our lives is we have to come under the name of Jesus because under that name, that there is no other name, that name will get you not just to. But through that name will bring breakthrough, not just to, but you got to be able to come under that name. Something we have to realize in Acts chapter four, verse 12 later, Peter talks and he says this there. He says, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given unto man on which we must be saved. Now, it took me a long time to figure out this scripture. I thought there was many ways to be saved. I thought I could save myself. I thought that there was salvation in many other names. One of those names was Phil Valdez. See, I thought I could bring my own salvation. I thought I could bring it through. I thought I could bring it. I'm the man. And you know what? I wasn't the man. And what it turned out to be is that I needed a breakthrough, but I needed to take the name of Phil Valdez and bring that under the name that's above every name. And under that name, I wouldn't just go to, but I would go through. And people really believe that there's multiple choices when it comes to salvation. And maybe even you today, and I said this last week, God isn't just saving when you get saved. After you get saved, he's still saving. He's still delivering. He's still redeeming, right? Right? He doesn't just save you from your sins. I love all that. Thank you, God. But he also wants to save you from debt. He wants to save you from sickness. He's still our Savior. And there is salvation under no other name. You can watch Dr. Phil every single day and take notes. You can watch Dr. Oz every single day and take notes. You can watch Oprah every single day. You can take notes. You can listen to Dr. Laura on the radio and take notes. And I love all them. But you know what? There is still salvation under no other name. It's the name of Jesus that brings breakthrough in our lives. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause. Excuse me. But some people think there's multiple choices. There's only one choice, and his name is Jesus. Listen, I love counseling for marriage. I love it. But can I tell you that the salvation is going to come through putting your marriage under the name, above every name, and his name is Jesus. And if you will submit your marriage under that name, things will get better. But the problem is is some people don't want to do that. Some people don't want to submit their finances under the name of Jesus because they think they're going to be their own savior. And I just sit back, and I pray for people, and I watch, and I just go, at some point, you're going to realize what Peter said is so true, that there is salvation under no other name. No other name. But what's important is that we all start off being recipients. Or let me say this, we start off as being consumers of that name. This beggar looked at Peter and John and he asked for money. And Peter and John said this, they said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And they reached out to this beggar. And see, this beggar is going to be a recipient of the name of Jesus. He puts his name, he puts his faith, not in Peter and John, he puts his faith in Jesus. And guess what happens when he starts to put his name in Jesus? His ankles start to get strong. His knees start to get strong. And he begins to stand up And the Bible says that he started walking, leaping, and praising God. Now, for some of us, our personality would be like this. We haven't walked in 40 years. Praising God. Walking. Leaping. Praising God. I don't think that's how it was. I think he got up and he started walking, right? Like the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Remember when all of a sudden he's got like, like, like strength in his straw. I mean, it just things start, and he starts getting up, and whoa, he's never done this before. And I don't think he was going like this. Ooh, I think he was leaping, and I think he was excited, and I think he was praising God because he started to do something that he had never done before in his life. That is the power, my friends, of the name of Jesus Christ that you will do something you have never done before in your life. Come on, don't golf clap at me. Come on, let's give him a great round of applause. This isn't a golf tournament. This is the name of Jesus, and I hate golf. Walking, leaping, and praising God. He could not do it, but under Jesus' name, He could do something that he could never do before and I want to encourage you my church family because we are Christians and this name is the name above every name and the name of Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and here's what I want to encourage you with today at Passion Life Church I'm believing that if you'll get a revelation of this name even you too as a Christian will begin to do things that you have never done before in your life because you realize the power of this name Today I preach under this name. Today we gather under this name. Well, Pastor Phil, you're preaching good today. I'm preaching under the name of Jesus. Because normally I'm not this lively. Normally I just chill. But under the name of Jesus, I am walking and leaping and praising God. Because you don't know who I used to be. But you know what? I have been a recipient of the greatest name in history. The most powerful name. And you know what? So have you. And we all need to be consumers of that name. You need to start speaking that name over your marriage. You need to start speaking that name over your kids. You need to start speaking that name, come on, over your demon-possessed co-workers. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Speak that name. And I love that we can be recipients of that name. But here's where I want to close today. My church family, Jesus did not just give us his name so we can be recipients of it. Oh, that's good. We need it. But Jesus gave us his name so we can carry this name with us, so we can bear his name. Because the other side of the story, yes, we are all like the lame man. But you know what? Now is Christians, we're also like the disciples. We're also like Peter and John. And they were going to church and they saw a need. Can I just say what I love about this miracle is this miracle happened even before the music started. This miracle happened even before the church service started. They weren't even in church yet, and somebody got a miracle because Peter and John understood this name. They didn't need the pastor to start preaching. All they needed was the name of Jesus. And I love this because Peter and John go, and this lame man says, give me some money, please. More money, more money, more money. Give me some alms. And I want you to listen to these words because I think these words affect all of our lives. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people are so complacent because of these words. Peter and John said, silver and gold, have I none? Here's what many complacent people do, and it'll cause you to be complacent. If you always live your life by what you cannot do, you will never do anything. And Peter and John could have said, we don't have, I'm sorry. See, you need to understand God never asks you and I to give what we do not have. He always gives us something you have today. If you have nothing else, you have the name of Jesus. Today, if you have nothing else, you have enough to make it through because at your disposal is the name of Jesus. And Peter and John said this. Silver and gold, have I none? Please don't define your life by what you cannot do. See, listen, if you're going to be a carrier of Jesus' name, focus on what you do have, not on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Peter and John said, silver and gold, have I none? Let me submit this to you. What if Peter and John would have given money? What if you? I got a 10 spot on me. I got a 20 spot on me. Here you go. Would that have changed this man's condition? Can I submit to you that he was there every day and people were giving him money? And although they were giving him money every day, his condition never changed. And let me submit this to you. For us that are listening and people listening online, money is not your problem. Your problem is that you don't take your needs under the name of Jesus. Because there is enough money that he has. He is the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But the problem is, is that you're going to still be your own savior. And you think that money is the problem. Money is not the problem. Our stubbornness is the problem. Because if we will take what we have and put it under Jesus' name, you will always have enough. But let me say that Peter and John, if they were to have given him money, it wouldn't have solved the problem. The answer to his problem was a supernatural miracle from the name of Jesus. Please don't focus on what you don't have. Well, Pastor Phil, I don't know how to pray at work. Can you say the name of Jesus? Can you walk over to somebody that's hurting when they're sick and just say, hey, can I say a quick?" real quick prayer for you in Jesus name be healed in Jesus name be healed I said five words those are the most powerful words on earth don't tell me you can't do it but you have to realize that you have access to this name and as a carrier of Jesus' name we have to carry his name and this name is really about lifting people up I love this about Peter and John They didn't go to church just for themselves. You know, I don't know where this idea comes from that we're just supposed to come and just come to church for ourselves. Somebody told me the other day, well, you know, I I just know the Bible and I'm okay by myself. Okay. Well, where in the Bible does it say that you go to church just for yourself? The Bible says that we're supposed to come together like Peter and John. I thank God they didn't have this attitude. They actually came to church not just to pray and receive, but they actually came to give. And you know what they gave that day? They gave a prayer to somebody. They didn't have money, so don't tell me it's about the money because it's not about the money. What they had was a prayer. Can you give a prayer to somebody? See, when we come to church, people are coming not just to hear the word and the worship, but you know what? They're supposed to be what the Bible calls fellowship, kolonia. We come together and we fellowship where people are encouraging each other, hugging each other, speaking words of encouragement, prophesying over each other. And ladies and gentlemen, that's even before the service starts. Come on, somebody. Because you know why? We are the church. And so when we come together, we come together not just to receive, but come together to give. Do you know people, when they come to church, it's interesting, they're looking for somebody like themselves and they look around and they look to see, is there anybody who likes what I like? And when you are here and you're willing to give of yourself, let me just say this, you're gonna be blessed because there's not just a blessing in receiving, there's a blessing in giving. I am sure that Peter and John and this lame man were all happy that they came to church that day. Because not only did the lame man what walk, leap, and praise God, but I'll tell you what, Peter and John were blessed beyond measure. Why? Because they saw a miracle. And this is what Peter and John did. In Jesus' name, he reached out to this lame man and he said, rise up and walk. And he lifted him up. See, as a carrier of the name of Jesus, you and I are to be lifting people up up. Can I ask you this question? Who are you lifting up? Is there someone on your list? Are you you praying for someone or is your life and your prayer life just about you? Is your life and your prayer life just about your finances? Is it just about your health or do you ever take your eyes off yourself and lift somebody up? See, you're going to get real stagnant in your walk with God, if you don't have outreach, if you don't. And well, the church doesn't. Why does it always have to be the church? You know what the Bible says, go into all the world. That's your world. There's somebody at your work that needs lifting up and you have the name of Jesus. And I believe that there should always be somebody in our life that we're lifting up. Come on, somebody. There's always somebody that at lunch you can share your lunch with. You know what? Why not save up some money and take one of your coworkers out to eat just because you are Christian. Come on, somebody. We want to preach, but we don't want to make investment. What about talking to people? What about just saying, hey, is there something that I can do to pray for you? Can I ask you, is there a name that comes to you if I were to say, who are you investing in and lifting up? I want to ask you this question. Who did you invite to church today? Who are you lifting up? What does it take? You know what? You don't have to have this great revelation. All you need to know is that Jesus is the name above all names. And you have the authority and the power that is within you to lift people up. Come on, somebody. So let's not just be consumers of the name. Let's be carriers of the name. And let me say this. Let us be contributors of the name of Jesus Christ. My church family, you as a believer have authority in the name of Jesus. You need to start taking the name of Jesus and speaking it over your family, speaking it over your kids' allergies. Come on, speaking it over your kids' fears of inferiority. You need to speak the name of Jesus. And when we know who we are in Christ, and what name we have access to, I am telling you today, you will do things that you have never done before. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.